Let me, uh, let me introduce the members of, the, uh, of this orchestra here. On, uh, on saxophones and keyboards, Mr. Richie Kanata. And welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest today is Richie Kanata. Now, Richie was a longtime member of Billy Joel's band. The saxophonist performed on some of Billy's best albums, Glass Houses, The Stranger, 52nd Street, Turnstiles. And Richie, alongside Russell Javers and the great Liberty DeVito, formed Lords of 52nd Street. They go out and perform some of Billy's best songs from back in the day. We talk about how the band came about, how he got involved with Billy many years ago, and how he got involved with former Yankee great Bernie Williams. He's his musical director. Richie worked with Taylor Dane and actually helped Taylor come up with her stage name. He also has a great studio in Glen Cove, New York. And I hope you guys enjoy my conversation with Richie. And helping me relive my youth today is Richie Kanata. Richie, how are you today? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. How about yourself? I'm doing great. This is a, a real treat to talk to you. A big fan of your work. Um, so let's just start like way, way back. Um, when did you first get interested in music? Uh, I was very, very young. I was about four years old and I was uh, watching cartoons and I was listening to the music uh, rather than the dialogue and figuring out music in my head and uh, then going to a piano and starting to take uh, some piano lessons and figure out some of the music. Do you remember like what which cartoons you were watching? Yes, they were the Farmer Gray cartoons, believe it or not. And they didn't have dialogue. It was just all music. It was really, really cool. Right. Um, so then you would just play on the piano what, what they well, were? Well, I would figure it out. I was four years old, so I wasn't playing much. Right. But I'd, I'd, I'd hear notes, you know, and I would uh, I would go to, you know, the piano and figure out notes and, and patterns and things like that. Yeah. So when kids were just watching it for, you know, the anvil falling on the people's heads. You were just interested in the music, right? Yeah, the rats, the, the mice chasing in the, in the farmyard. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was pretty cool. Very, very fast orchestrated music with a lot of clarinets and violins. And heavily orchestrated. Yeah. So the piano was the first instrument you learned how to play? Yeah, that was the first instrument I started playing. Yeah, And then the clarinet followed suit or the sax? Clarinet followed. And then uh, I was about eight years old when I jumped on the tenor and I never looked back. Right, and I'm assuming your parents were really supportive, you know, with any instrument you wanted to play? Oh, yeah, they were extremely supportive, and the best part about it was they really didn't know anything, so I didn't have to prove anything to them. It wasn't like parents that were, you know, also classically trained showing me what to do. They had um, uh, other interests in their lives, and I just uh, did the music, and they accepted what I was doing. Oh, that's great. That's great. So how old were you, like, when you first, like, performed in front of people but besides you know in probably, front of your family. probably about uh, uh you know it was kindergarten six years old seven years old then uh, i did some tv shows at seven or eight years old you know um which i played some dixieland clarinet and uh there was a show called wonderama and i was on that yes, <laughs> and i i uh, did that with sunny fox was the host and uh, i did that and it was kind of fun so right then and there, you knew that you wanted to make a career of this, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah without a doubt. Well, well, you know something? 
I, I did. I, I could say now that I did, but when I was in the thick of it, I just was following my my uh, my uh, my heart, which was making music. I just didn't know anything else that made me more happy than sports. Right. Did you play sports growing up too? Yeah. 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 What would you play? Uh, baseball. You know, baseball was a big one. Then when I got into high school, I was one of those wrestlers. You know, and I was just and football. You know, so it was football, wrestling, and baseball. Right, okay. I, I grew up in New York City, so, you know, football was always hard because there weren't too many uh, schools that had, uh, you know, high school football. <laughs> right. Well, we, I'm out on Long Island. Right, so right, Long Island. There was it. a little bit more of a, of a, uh, of a choice, you know, because there, there was real estate to have a football field. And now the schools were, um, the public school systems were, were a little different. Yeah, Absolutely. So the, um, how old were you when you first had your, your first like paying gig? Probably about uh, 12. 12. 13 <laughs> latest, yeah. Yeah, you remember what you got for it? Uh, a dollar. Right, okay. Got uh, we got, uh, it was a band that we had in, in the, the, the dance that we got, there was five guys in the band and they gave us five bucks. I got a dollar each. Yeah, gotta start somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I play for less, bro. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, how did you uh, get hooked up with uh, with Billy? Um, I did a uh, TV. Um, it was a Sesame Street commercial, and it was called "The Meet of the Leader in the Gram." And I came in as an overdub player, and Liberty DeVito and, and uh, Doug Stegmeyer were the basic track players. And I came in the next day, and Doug Stegmeyer's brother. Al Stigmeyer was the engineer and he had said oh uh, my brother just joined this band uh, recently and they're looking for a saxophone player that plays keyboards and uh, so I was the guy he recommended them to Doug and Doug got in touch with me they came to see me play at a gig and next thing I know I was playing uh, New York State of Mind yeah I mean that, that, that album is fantastic it turns yeah, it's turnstiles yeah, yeah there's so many great songs you, meant, you, meant, you mentioned obviously New York State of Mind and Say, Say Goodbye to Hollywood another great song you know Miami 2017 but um, what was like your favorite song besides New York State of Mind I'm sure that's probably your favorite song to play but besides that to play on that album uh, I'd say uh, Scenes from Time Restaurant is a fun one
that song is so epic. It's like so many different levels of, of that song. I listened last night. Uh, I, I practice uh, um, a, a couple of. I practice a lot actually. But last night I I found on YouTube the first time we did it live was somewhere in Pennsylvania. Wow. At some radio station right. that recorded it, and uh, it was back in 1977. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Now. Um, after that album came out is that when you guys performed at um, Carnegie Hall yes we performed Carnegie Hall and that's when Phil Ramone saw us and he brought the record plant truck in the second day I think we did five nights at Carnegie Hall then he came in on the second night or third night and brought the record plant truck and recorded us well I mean that had to be some like that's crazy yeah think about it we're a bunch of 20 something year old guys thinking that we couldn't get a gig at uh, a bowling alley and now we're playing five nights at, at Carnegie Hall with an orchestra behind me and then Phil Ramone comes flips out and brings a record plant truck and records us right I mean what yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah you gotta be pinching yourself you know it's a, it's, it's a long way from getting that dollar right <laughs> yeah right <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, and then uh, the Stranger album, which you know is also fantastic. Uh, Billy really had a fight for you guys to perform on that, right? Well, uh, it, w- it was beyond that already because Phil came to see us at Carnegie Hall, okay, and uh, we were already playing those songs. We were playing those songs for the Stranger record. We had kind of written them and kind of tried them out out on the road. So that's why he flipped out over us. So by that point. It was not, uh, you know, love me, love my band anymore. It's just we're going to do it as a band. You know, he had, he had tried to go out to California and he got hooked up with uh, Elton John's band and started uh, the Turnstiles record back then. And that was horrible. And he came running back to New York and mm-hmm. thusly, you know, say goodbye to Hollywood, New York State of Mind, Summer Highland Falls. Um, you know, all these, these epic songs saying goodbye to the West Coast.
getting good good ones of those out in California. <laughs> no, and when you saw us play, um, it was just no doubt that no one's going to play. These were our songs, too. All those parts, Liberty's drumming parts, my saxophone parts, right. Doug's bass playing, those were all parts. Those were part of the songs. Why get someone else to play them like a studio guy, you know? Yeah. And, and Billy, like, gave you guys, you know, the freedom, right, to do your parts? Oh, yeah, he gave us total freedom. He was freaking awesome, man. He was fantastic, and we went and did those records because we were part of those records. You know, we were part of the music before they became records. Right, and then, yeah, you mentioned The Stranger, which, I mean, every song on that album is, is, is fantastic. You know, recently they had the 30th anniversary came out. And I think 40th anniversary. 40th now, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. And they had the uh, Carnegie Hall recordings on there, and it's just it's just fabulous listening to you guys perform with the the orchestra behind you. That's why you got to see the Lords of Fifty Second Street. Oh, I, I plan to, and I was going to bring that up. Um, you, you need to, you need to see that band because that band is now playing the music the way it should be played, the way we re, we did it on the road and the way we recorded it. Right now, we'll talk about that now since you brought it up. Um, how did you, I, oh, you guys, I'm sure we're, we're still tight, but how did you guys just decide that you want to just go out and play together again? Musicians. <laughs> uh, do you play an instrument? Uh, no, not anymore. Well, you remember when you played, it's, there's, there's no figuring out anything. You just, right. you, you, you know, it's shooting from the hip. You want to play, you want to make music, you pick up your axe, you play, you hope that somebody's going to listen to you, you know? Um, sometimes you're good, sometimes you're not. If you're really good, you get more gigs. More gigs bring more money. More money brings more time to do the music. Yeah, you guys have any shows coming up in the area? Yeah, we're doing uh, Richfield Playhouse on Friday, and then we're playing Newton, uh, New Jersey, on Saturday, and then we're going to go to Florida and we do a, a Florida run. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. I, I'll, I'll uh, I live in Connecticut now, so I'll, I'll try to make. Oh, the, come uh, to the Richfield the... show. I think they're sold out, though. That's the only problem. You have to talk to Andy about that. The, I know that they're sold out. I think there's, there might be five scattered seats left at Richfield. Right. Uh, yeah. And it's good that it's sold out because, I mean, there's demand for you guys. So yeah, that's, that's people great. are coming out and seeing it because they, there's a uh, – look, we sold 150 million records sold. Right. There's a lot of people that have turned a lot of their families and their families turned down other generations to this music, uh, obviously. Billy's still selling out the garden once a month, you yeah. know? Yeah, I mean, are you – I mean, I'm not surprised, and I'm sure you're not, but – that he does it every month, and he hasn't released any original music in like 25 years now. It doesn't have to, bro. I know, I, I, exactly. The, the You're right. You're right. Why, why chance it and go against Cardi B? Yeah, <laughs> right. You, you know? Because, I mean, people, you know, it's, it's true, because you, you, you want to go see Billy Joel to hear the old stuff, you know, anytime. To hear the music that we made. Yeah. It's, it's, it's already it's proven right. it's timeless. Right. It's already proven that people want to hear that. For him to do an original song now and try to, 
to uh, uh, you know go up against digital music and digital programming and and pop music is you know no one no one's going to get it right you know? yeah I, I heard a great line one someone said uh, before there were pro tools there was just pros oh I like it yeah before there was pro tools there was just pros I'm sitting here with my engineer uh, from my studio. Oh, okay. uh, he's listening to me do this this interview. Okay, yeah, he yeah. Feel free to use that because that's not mine. I stole that from somebody else. But that, that's he said. Feel free to use it. <laughs> <laughs> we will. Okay. Yeah. Now, what do you think now about just like the technology and the business and stuff? Uh, I think uh, technology is fantastic. Uh, there's cures for cancer, no pun intended. But right. uh, you know, for 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 music, it's uh, taken the the magic and the heartbeat out of it. That's for sure. You know, before those records that we're talking about, there was no click track, there was no auto tuning, melodyning, there was no beat detective. It was just Liberty was the timekeeper. We wrote the music with Billy and the songs. He wrote the lyrics. It was his songs, and it's uh, it was real music. It had heartbeat to it. Now it's the heartbeat is dictated by uh, by a grid. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's so true. It, it's just what it is, and I embrace it. We have on our in our studio. We embrace it every day, but uh, I've been very I've been very fortunate to be able to experience both. Right. Yeah. No, that's that's great. You're you're definitely lucky there. Now, when you the last time you you played with with Billy was 2006, right? Yeah, in that area, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I, I saw, I saw the, uh, a couple of shows on that, on that tour at the Garden. The 12-night, 12-night yeah. run, yeah, yeah, yeah at, which, at the Garden. Yeah, which which was absolutely fantastic. Now, if, if he called you up for one of those monthly shows, would you play with him? Yeah, I, I definitely would. I mean, I have a great relationship with yeah. Billy. We share the same cigar shop in Glencoe. Right. Uh, we're neighbors, one town over. Of course, I, it would just have to be dot the I's and cross the T's exactly what he would want me to do and what I would want it right. you know uh, remember he doesn't do the songs in the same keys anymore right. and uh, the tempo's a little bit different so I might have to shed my parts over again in different keys you know yeah so the, the way you play with the Lords is the way you played with them 30 years 40 years ago correct exactly right yeah exactly right and I'm the MD of that band so I make sure we do it that way Right, and then you mentioned musical director. You're also the musical director of Bernie Williams. I'm a big, that's that's correct. Yeah, I'm yeah. a big time Yankee fan. Um, how did um, how did you first hear about Bernie playing, and were you I, surprised how good he was? Uh, uh, great question. I, I did the Star Spangled Banner at Yankee Stadium, right? And he that. and he came up to me and knew who I was, and I was totally flipped out because I'm more of a Yankee geek than you are. Right. <laughs> You know, uh, and I went, oh, my God, my son and I, Aaron and I were at, in the dugout with him. And he, and he said, let's make some music together. And I said, oh, good. Let, you know, <laughs> pat him on the back. Let's see this guy. What's he playing? I went to his house and, and he started playing me some of his music. And it was I was going, wow, this is freaking awesome.
Yeah, he, he's fantastic. I mean, I, the first time I heard him, I, I couldn't get over how, how good he was. And it's great that he came out of this new career now. Right. So it was great. And then I put a band together. I put, I actually, I added him to my band. I had a jazz, a jazz record out. Right. And I just, add, I just added him to that. Right. Oh, okay. That's great. I, I saw him, I think, Mohegan Sun at, at the Wolf Den. He played it, yeah. yeah I, I was with him, I, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think you were. I yeah. yeah, I think you were. I had to be, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, those, oh, oh, the, um, yeah. I know I know the venue you're talking about. Inside, right, the casino. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are fun gigs. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool little um, a cool little uh, place. And I saw someone who you worked with, too, Taylor Dane, there a couple years ago. Taylor Dane was done at Cove City Sound Studios, and I got to play on all her hits as well. It was fun, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, she's fantastic. And what what is it about Long Island? Because you, know, you and Liberty and Russell all inducted into the Music Hall of Fame. Besides, obviously, Billy, there are so many legends that came out of Long Island. It's in the water, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a concentrated area with 30 minutes outside of the greatest cultural center of the world, and we have less stress, and so we can think about more music. Maybe that's it. I don't know. You know, you know. But there's a lots of there are lots of places to play. Growing up, there's so many places to, to make music when there wasn't uh, dance clubs. You know, live music was a form of entertainment. So there was we had a choice of places to to play music. Yeah, it's so funny you said that because I I interviewed Taylor about a year ago, and she pretty much gave the same answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. I love her dearly. I really, really do. Yeah, and it, yeah, she's absolutely great. Now, Leslie Leslie Wonderman. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a powerful name now, Dane, so it definitely works. <laughs> well, she got that name from my wife's baby book when my son was born. My my grandfather's name is uh, Benjamin Dane. Okay. Right? 
and uh, she wanted to name my son Taylor, and she had Taylor and Dane written on the baby book, and Taylor was in the studio, Leslie was in the studio, and she said, can you bring in a baby book? I want to look at some names, and we brought it in, and she saw Taylor Dane written on the, on the baby book, and she goes, that's it. Hmm. That was her name. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely worked, so. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. 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 So then you got you um, started touring with the Beach Boys in the '90s, um, and then yeah. actually performed on Full House as well. Um, how? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How did you get hooked up with the Beach Boys? Uh, well, because we opened up for the Beach Boys uh, with Billy, okay. and Carl Wilson loved us. Okay. He really believed in us, but it wasn't a good spot for us opening up for the Beach Boys. A bunch of guys in black shirts and playing, you know, all New York music for a bunch We're... of guys in flowered shirts playing beach music. Yeah. You know. So, but Carl loved us. And then when we when we uh, decided not to do that anymore, Carl came to me and asked me to join the Beach Boys, and uh, I couldn't resist Carl Wilson. Yeah, so I think I, I probably saw you then play with them. I think Jones Beach. Jones Beach many times. Yeah, yeah. I played Jones Beach many times. Yeah. And and Carl Wilson is probably was one of the greatest musicians and singers and songwriters ever. So and uh, I. I had a great time. I played with them for a really long time and went all around the world with those guys again, too. Right. Yeah. Well, where are some of the favorite places around the world you played? Well, you know, the, the Japanese, the, the Asian markets are a lot of fun. Right. You know, uh, the Japanese people love us. The Australian market is a lot of fun. Those are two countries that actually like Americans. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. And so they're very, very um, friendly to us and our music. So both Australia and, and uh, the Asian market, especially Japan, but all, all the all the Asian countries have been very very kind to us, right? Yeah, and, and, and Australia is great, right? And I, I know you didn't play with Billy when he went to Russia, but no, I didn't. I was with the Beach Boys then, right? Yeah. Did you um like want if you had a choice to perform with Billy in Russia? No, would I, you didn't, I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be in that band anymore. Right. I, I I wanted to move on, and I, that that separation was perfect for myself and Billy. And like you said, if you call me up today, and it was a gig tomorrow, I, I would do it. You right. know, I love him dearly. You yeah. know, yeah. and and that that he's got respect for me for, for that. And you know, opening my recording studio and having my family and doing the things that I did, he likes the fact that I'm a survivor, not just with playing, you know, through my saxophone, but through other things that I do. So yeah, I was done. I was done with that. I didn't want to go to Russia. I really didn't. It wasn't something that meant anything to me. And right. I, I was happy for Billy to do it, and it wasn't a great successful tour. I was told either. Okay. I think there was some. I think Billy was unhappy with some things, but I don't know, so don't quote me on that. Right. I, You'd I, have to ask him. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. But then you you went back and played with him on the River Dreams album, right? Right. We did some of it at my at Cove City, Cove City. Sound Studios. Yeah. yeah. Right, and that was yeah, that that was also a really uh, well done album. Um, you, but you didn't tour with him on that, right? No, no, I didn't. Okay. And Danny Kuchmeyer was uh, the um, producer too. It wasn't Phil Ramon. Right, right. Now, how, what was like the difference between like recording that album and say recording The Stranger? Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Loaded question. <laughs> uh, apples and oranges, buddy. It was right. uh, it was love it, uh, with the Stranger record. Phil Ramone. It was Chinese food. It was uh, Neve eighty sixty eight console um, in New York City, and we were. It was the greatest. And then Danny Kuchmeyer was this California guy that just wanted to change everything, you know. And it was totally different. Totally different. No comparison. The Stranger record was the real deal. 
Right. Now for me. For right. Me. Yeah, no, yeah. that yeah, that album is yeah, it's all, all the way up to the top, so yeah, no question. But did Billy know that would be his last album? No. 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 Okay. Cuz he had that no. the 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 last song on there was famous last words. So it was kind of, you know, fitting that that was like the last song and that's pretty much the last uh you know, original album he released. No, no, I don't think he did. Again, maybe in his heart he did, and he didn't tell tell anybody. But you'd have, again, I have to ask him. I, I don't, I don't think anybody could say is this my last gig. Right. You know, how many times do people go up where it's this is a retirement gig, and then the Eagles come out with another tour? Of course, yeah. You know, the Stones say this is the last one, and then two years later they come out with another tour. Right. You know. Yeah, the Stones and the Who are both playing this year, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. You know. You know. Dream Theater will say, I think this is going to be our last tour, and then it's not their last tour and not their last record, you know? Right, right. Now, now, uh, when you were out there with Billy on tour, what song did you, like, absolutely just could not stand to play, but you just, you know, sold you through? I, there wasn't, no, there wasn't, wasn't, there wasn't I, I loved everything, bro. I mean, right. just think about it. It was, they're all fun songs. Uh, one difficult one was Vienna, because I had to right. play freaking accordion on it. <laughs> Like it, the song is, is beautiful. It's brilliant, you know. 
but uh, there was never a time I said, oh, let's we'll get to this one. No, no, I keep put, add songs to the set list. And now that I'm making set lists up, I have the toughest time of finding 22 songs that are gonna that are gonna make everybody happy. You know, because there's so many of them. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So, like, being the musical director, do you are you solely the dictator of the set list, or do you guys kind of yeah. you know? No, I, I do the set list, okay. and if there's something that somebody will say, um, and nobody, you, no, no band member will say anything. Right. Liberty might say, oh, "Can we not open up with a certain song? Can we open up with another song?" Right. But they never, they never say anything about my set list, and I, I really, really work on the set lists for the gig. Yeah. I, I have every set list that we've done from every gig and when we return to a show to a, a to a theater or a place, I make sure that it's different or I remember what went over well, or if it's Fourth of July, I put in Saigon. You know, I, right. I just I I work at it. Yeah, but how often do you change it? Oh, every gig. Oh, okay. All right. So that, no, that's good. Yeah, you don't want to go in there saying playing the same twenty-two songs each time. No, 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 no. Every gig it's different. Right. And we learn, and then we we'll go back to you know now we're doing some deep cuts and we did even deeper cuts that you know the gig before and so. Now, are you guys just playing the stuff that you played on, or are you playing like his whole catalog? Uh, mainly, okay. yeah, mainly, mainly the stuff that I played on and that I was participant in. You know, that's the only deal. I, that's the only way I wanted to do this band. Right. You right. know, I'm not going to play on on records that I didn't really play. You know, the the right. later ones that didn't do that well. Why Why even go there? Yeah, no. You yeah. know. Absolutely. I don't even know some of the names of the songs. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess why should you, right? You didn't play on them. <laughs> I didn't play on them, and they didn't do well. So yeah. You know, I'm I'm busy doing other stuff. Right. Yeah. Have you heard any feedback from Billy about the band? Oh, he loves the band. That's great. He, he has no problems with it. He's uh, um, he's given uh, me the permission to use the name and likeness, and I keep it very respectful because I love Billy. Right. No, that's great. I mean, you know, you guys all these years put out you know great music for you know all the fans so it's think uh, about it yeah man think about it how many people I've heard stories of people gotten through hardships and weddings and funerals and births of babies and and trips across the country with our music yeah absolutely I saw you weren't a part of the band then but I saw him perform in Syracuse the the weekend that uh, I proposed to my wife so we uh had a, had a whole big thing surprised her. So we did the concert first, and then, you know, I proposed, did a bed and breakfast later that night. So, you know, it, th his music is, you know, important to, you know, me and my wife as well. Uh -huh. Well, it's a, it's important to so many people. I've had uh, this, the Guttenberg family who uh, uh, who are mourning their daughter, Jamie, right, yeah. who was, was killed in, uh, in Park, um, Parkland? Yeah, Parkland, Flo yeah, in Florida. Parkland, yeah. Florida. He came to see and visit me, and just to tell me what he felt about what the music has done to save him after his daughter's death. How about that one? Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, no, so yeah, I mean, music, music is it's it's a powerful, you know, <clears throat> powerful tool, and you know. and we're trying to put together a, a, an actual show for the Guttenberg family now too. We're trying to do a benefit for them sometime in the near future. Oh, that, that's great. Now, yeah, I, yeah. Now, how are you feeling? You back to one hundred percent now? Hundred percent, bro. That's awesome. It's all gone. It's gone. It is totally gone. I have been released from my oncologist. I'm out there pissing people off. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. But uh, but Richie, thank you for a few minutes today. I will thank you, buddy. I will you know make it you know uh, a point to see you guys. If it's not 
in Connecticut. It'll definitely be sometime this year. Well, uh, call Andy and, and make sure you get taken care of. And uh, thank you for this, and good luck what you're doing, buddy. I really appreciate it, man. And a special thanks to Richie Kanata for joining me today. Go check out the Lords of 52nd Street's Facebook page where you can get all the information. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the person all 19 Be sure to like the page or Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. The show on SoundCloud, Podbean, and also Spotify. Just search for Living My Youth, all one word. A new episode of Living My Youth comes out every Wednesday. And we'll see you guys next week.